episode of Praxis Pedagogy Podcast. So glad you tuned into this episode, episode 52. I don't apologize for the intro music. It's kind of how I'm feeling lately. But anyway, here we go. Darcy Spiteri is here with us. She's an electrical apprentice. She's a single mom. This is not her first career. This is her second career. And she has a lot to offer from her perspective as she transitions from the business world over to the trades world. Hope you enjoy this episode. We'll catch you on the other side. Take care. One. Hey everybody, welcome back to Praxis Pedagogy Podcast. So glad you took the time to tune in this morning because we have Darcy with us this morning. And Darcy, can you help me pronounce your last name so that I don't mess it up? Sure, it's Darcy Spiteri. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Darcy, you are an electrical <laughs> apprentice and it is, a, is an honor to have you on the show. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Shannon. We had her on the show not too long ago and... Uh, this is, this is kind of a, a product of Shannon and I getting together. And Shannon's like, you need to have Darcy on the show. So thanks for, for being on the show, Darcy, and uh, taking the time to talk with us this morning about your electrical apprenticeship experience. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I am currently a first-year electrical apprentice, and I am also with the uh, IBEW, so the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Um, I am 37 years old, and this is a second career for me. And when I'm not working, I am also a mom to an eight-year-old boy who never stops moving. (laughs) So he is kind of, he's sort of been my inspiration. And I think I wanted to get into a career that would also keep me active. So I can keep up with him and I love crafting and being creative and working with my hands. And that was kind of why I wanted to get into a trade. Um, And that's just a little bit about me. Great. So what were you doing before you got into the trades? So I kind of fell into a lot of my jobs. I started like in high school, I wanted to go down the graphic design route. So I started um, as like, I kind of went more down the art, the arts way in school and ended up going to a, it was like a college university course for, it was a digital media technical production (laughs) was the the name of the program. Um, And just kind of was in it. And I only did, one semester and once I did that I realized I'm like this isn't really what I wanted to do it was more computer based like I wasn't really into how the computer worked and it wasn't a lot of design so I ended up deciding to take a year off and in that time my dad was like he was always in sales and marketing and he was going through a transition himself and wanting to possibly have his own business and he ended up starting a print shop like well he it was a franchise and I was like well this is kind of what I wanted to do anyways I could do the graphic design so I ended up working with them and helping them start up that business Um, it's like I've been through so many different roles from there it was like I think working for the print company you deal with so many different companies and you don't even realize some companies exist. And that was, so we did a lot of work with um, event marketing companies. And then I was like, wow, this is, I think, something that I want to do. It was creative. um, And they did a lot of like the guerrilla marketing. So it's like any of the um, sampling programs like that. You'd see them out, like not so much anymore with, COVID this is like a huge hit for them but um, like any company would hire um, the companies to create a program that would like so there would be people handing out samples or but doing it in like a creative way so I ended up going into a, a staffing company and then from there I ended up moving more into project management like I was able to work in a studio setting so dealing with the designers and production designers 
um, and that I really liked the project management side. Um, so then from there, (laughs) I feel like this is like a whole, whole long story on. No, no, no. It's all good. Keep going. (laughs) Um, so from there I ended up becoming a studio manager and that was, um, I was in charge of the studio. So in a marketing company, you have your account department and the design teams and production. So I was the middle middleman kind of dealing with all the jobs that were coming through the studio and assigning those to the designers and who was open and just trafficking those jobs throughout the studio. And I really did enjoy the project management side of it, the organization. Like I was never really super organized in school and then taking on these roles and having the managers that I did, I became way more into organization. And I think going back to the trades, like I I can definitely bring my previous roles to this new role. Like I just kind of want (laughs) to... have this like giant board where I can put all these post-its up and be like, okay, so this is what we still need to do and organize (laughs) everything that way. So I have to tone myself down. (laughs) Like, nope, (laughs) I am not the organizer here. Um, But then I am, so I'm a single mom and I was living in Toronto and a lot of the marketing companies are very Toronto based and it's hard to find work outside of the city, but at the same time, it's so expensive to live. And I think that was my turning point where I was like, I need to make a change. And I ended up like, I, I didn't want to leave my job. It was like, I really enjoyed it. And the manager that I had was amazing. And she was one of those really strong females that I did look up to and learned a lot from her. But I think on the whole, I needed to think about me and Colson and what I wanted to do. and. I ended up um, moving back in with my parents and trying to look for work outside of the city. And it was just like, I think there was like three marketing companies. And the thing with studio management is people kind of tend to stay in those roles really long and there's not a lot of movement. Um, So I ended up working for an animation company and uh, commuting back downtown. And that was just horrific because I'd be up super early taking the go train in and I'd get home super late and I just didn't really see Colson. And so then this is kind of more where the trades come in and my transition there, but there is a government program. Um, I don't know if it's, if you guys would have it out there, but we have it's second career. So you have to have like, there was, very specific requirements to be able to qualify for it. And one of my friend's stepsisters actually qualified. And I was like, she's like, you should think about this. And I was like, I don't know if I would have the, like the requirements because it was, you had to have been laid off from a position and then taken a contract position to make ends meet is what they say. And I was like, so the animation company that I was at ended up going into receivership. So there was like 500, it was like a, was all over the news in Toronto. Like there was a lockout, everyone, like 500 employees all lost their jobs. Um, So then I ended up taking a mat leave position as an admin. And I was like, this is exactly the parameters that I needed for this grant. And I was able to finally kind of sit down and think about what I wanted to do. Cause I never like in school, you're just, you're pushed to make this decision right away and not even knowing what is out there. And like, I was lucky enough to kind of work with a company that I was able to see more jobs, but um, just getting the, uh, the time to sit down and look like I was looking at some random stuff. Like I was looking, I think at one point a stenographer or like, <laughs> I went all over. I was like, what, what is something that I can do that I'm going to be able to support me and Coulson? And that was the thing. And I think I kind of almost like, I, I said it as a joke to my mom. Like I'm not saying that the 
phrase or a joke, but it was like, oh, like she's always talking about her friend's son and he's an electrician and he's making so much money. I was like, oh, I should just be an electrician. And then I would, then like the light bulb went off. I was like, why not? Like, why, why have I never considered this? And I started looking it up and like, I originally I think was looking at carpentry and I was like, I love working with my hands. And, um, there was just so many women that were in the trades and just reading their stories were, it was so inspiring. And that I think is what really started it. And then, um, there's a, a school in Burlington here called the center for skilled trades and they, they do a pre-apprentice. And I went down and talked with one of the guys there and he was like, did you ever think of electrical? And I was like, kind of. And he was like, a lot of like women are, are taking up the trade. And so I started looking into it from there and I was like, you know what? Like it's, I, like when I was 20, I, or 24, I had bought a house with my boyfriend at the time and I was like, yes, I'm going to install the dimmer switches. And that was like my super exciting thing. And I'm like, you know what? Like, yes, I want to be an electrician. Okay. Yeah. That's so really that cool. Is, <laughs> yeah. That is, that is really cool. I can relate to you on the graphic arts stuff because when I was in my mm-hmm. final two years of high school, that's what I focused on. And, uh, yeah. in fact, my only final in my final two years of high school was English other than the yeah. prereqs for, for 11. But I mean, I was, I was going to art competitions around town oh, wow. and, and I putting my portfolios together and mm-hmm. I had already listed out three or four schools that I wanted to go to. And, and, you know, one of them was the art Institute of Seattle even, and, this, oh, wow. is back, this is back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I get the connection. And then I worked in a t-shirt printing shop after high school for a period of time. And then I went to a mm-hmm. label printing shop after a period of time. And yeah, just, I loved, I loved being around that kind of crowd. And, and uh, my yeah. dad, would, my dad would always give me that, that sideways look, right? Like he's just go, you know, artists are always starving, right? You know, you know yeah. that it's like, you need to go get a trade. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah. Dad, I don't want to work with you. Like, and, and I'm yeah. just being, you know, just a stupid kid. Cause I didn't realize how big the province really was. And how yeah. many different trades there are. Like I didn't have to go and actually work with my dad. Yeah. But um, no, that's very cool. And in all your background experience with event marketing and, and project management and studio management, how do you feel that prepared you for your experience now as a first year electrical apprentice? I think the, um, like the organization aspect and being able to look at my day as a whole and see what has to be done and time management, I think is a huge thing. Um, like being a first year apprentice, I feel like I don't really know how long things are going to take, but I, as I go through my day, I can learn how long something, I, I always ask my journeyman or my, the foreman, I'm like, how long should this take me? And I need to set, like, I like to set goals and I'll be like, okay, so I was in charge of, um, getting all the, like I'm working in a school right now. So I was getting all the classrooms prepped and ready because we were waiting on devices. So he's like, okay, make sure the boxes are in, put the pull string in and label anything that we already have in there. And I would start, I'm like, okay, I'm going to time myself on the first time. And then each time I would try and get faster and faster, but still, I think I have to tone myself down too. I'm like, I need to still be able to do a good job. It's not about speed. It's about, I think I like the repetition of it. And that was also one thing in the pre-apprentice that I did. I felt like, I didn't get the chance to do things repetitively where like you start with something easy and you do it multiple times until you get faster and more confident with it. And it was always just like moving on to the next. And I had a really hard time in my pre-apprentice, I think because I went in with this mindset, like I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be like top of my class. I'm going to work so hard. And then it was like, I got into it and it was like a smack in the face. Like, Oh my gosh, like I haven't been in school for 10 years. I haven't done any math physics. Like it was hard. Like I think, yeah, like I was out of school for 10 years 
and just like, okay. Yeah. All right. And, and you picked a trade that's uh, notoriously heavy in the math. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I have yeah. a new love for it. Yeah. I bet you do. I bet you do. So, yeah. all, so all those times you were in school going, when am I ever going to use this stuff? I know, <laughs> but it's like, it's weird. Like I love crossword puzzles and like after redoing algebra, I was like, I kind of just want to sit down and do algebra questions. <laughs> like, oh, look at you. I know. It's, <laughs> I'm like, who am I? I don't know who I am, oh, but it's that's... like that satisfying, like there's, there's only one answer kind of thing. Like, you know, you're like, you can kind of go back and see where like you're troubleshooting. Like, where did I go wrong? And like, so so getting into the trade uh, late, um, mm-hmm. I, got, I got into my trade late as well. Uh, I, was yeah. married, I was married, had two kids and thought I need, yeah. I need to find something more stable. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and I kind of fell into plumbing too because I, mm-hmm. I, I looked at electrical and uh, I was like, yeah, two year waiting list. I can't wait two years to get in. Yeah. Because uh, I was looking at, we, in BC, we call it entry, late, entry trades entry-level trades training, so ELTT. We call it foundations. Okay. So it's, it's kind of the same thing yeah. as a pre-app. Oh, okay, um, yeah. It's But it's a little longer, right? So it, on the union side here, pre-app is six weeks, eight weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. When I went to school, uh, it was six months. Uh, and it, oh. but it, But it was equivalent to your level one. So that was the trade-off. So if you went to school for six months and you took the foundations program, Oh, you and you graduated and, and, and you got an apprenticeship, it would, it would count as credit towards your level one. So that, yeah. that was a real big plus, right? Yeah. But, like mine didn't count towards, towards mine, yeah. the one that yeah. I did, but. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing here. If you were in the union sector here, your pre-app mm-hmm. time wouldn't count towards your level one. It would count towards your time in the trade but it oh, okay. wouldn't, it, it, you wouldn't get credit for level one technical training. So, oh, okay. Like you would get your hours, but not your, your but not your schooling credit. Yeah. 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 Okay. Same thing. So here I am picking what I want to do and it's like, well, I don't want to go into electrical because I know what happens when you get, when you make a mistake, <laughs> right? Yeah. Thought, okay. So if I make yeah. a mistake in plumbing, I'll get wet. I'll get some stuff on me. No yeah. big deal. Right. Yeah. And, and not really knowing what plumbers really do, right? I mean, I, I framed houses for five years before I got into, uh, before I was even married. And I, and I would see plumbers show up and I'm looking at them going, what? That, how, what kind of a silly job is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I get into it and I find out that what I had seen was really only about 5% of the job. In fact, I've had people say that to me once in a while. Oh, you're a plumber. So that must mean like you fix toilets and sinks. And I'm like, yeah, you know, from the world I came from, that was really only about two to 5% of the work that I did. Like I very yeah. rarely touched that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'm also six four, 300 pounds. So it's me fitting under somebody's sink is, is not really yeah. a good option. Right. So I, I, <laughs> I stayed to the commercial side where, you know, things were bigger and, you know, bigger spaces and, it was yeah. just, it was just a good fit for me. When you picked electrical and, and we're starting to get into that. So especially your pre-app and now you're an apprentice. Did you realize mm-hmm. the breadth and the scope of the trade? I didn't. It's exactly like what you said. Like, I think the trades, a lot of people just see those small parts of it. Like I think thinking of an electrician, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go put light switches in or dimmer switches. Like, I don't think of the whole, like the planning behind it. And I think this is, I feel very lucky to have gotten the placement that I did because I came into the school at the uh, beginning stages. Like I had no idea what I was walking into when I, like they said, okay, you're going to be at a school. I'm like, okay, cool. Like maybe some maintenance type stuff. The school's going to be there. (laughs) It's going to be nice and warm in there. And I showed up, I'm like, I, and I think being a mom too, like I can, I know to plan for every scenario. Like I was like, I'm going to bring like 17 layers just in case I am outside. (laughs) And I had no proper work gear. Like I had, I think like my jeans, I had a pair of boots from, from my pre-apprentice, 
but they weren't insulated. Like they weren't super warm. And I showed up and it was just the, like the block, like frame, like the, they had just laid it out and I was like, okay, all right. So it's going to be a chilly winter. Um, but being able to see every stage has been amazing. And the stuff that like, I felt like I had forgotten everything from my pre-apprentice because I had, um, I did my pre-apprentice in, I think, 2018. Yeah. So I, I went to my pre-apprentice February of 2018 and I started my, excuse me, my apprenticeship, uh, January, 2020. Oh <laughs> yeah. So there was That's two years gap. in between. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, I don't remember anything I did. I don't understand anything. But then I was able to um, like while working with the journeyman, any questions that I had, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this now and this makes sense. And I think that's why it's so important, like the apprenticeship to do your schooling and learning on the job. Like it's so crucial for those two together. I think just learning the theory behind it, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't get it. But then seeing them do all the conduit work and pulling wire and I'm like, okay, I get it. I understand. It comes from like the street and then it's going into the school and like all the little parts that are behind it. It's just so much bigger than you think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Where are you in your first year? Have you, have you gone to first year technical training yet or are you scheduled? To no, I haven't. Um, and they've actually, I think my intake, they pushed us back a bit. So I'm not actually going to start my first block of school until 2022. So I'm going to have two years under my belt. And then I think what they're trying to do is this way I finish my advance. So is it the same in BC? Like we go basic, intermediate, advanced. We have three blocks of school. And yeah, then I, you... Sorry, go ahead. And then you would write your CFQ after that. Oh, okay. So uh, in BC the electrical apprenticeship is four years. And mm -hmm. so, so they break it into levels. So you'd go level one, two, three, four. And oh, okay. so you do it it's each roughly year. the same amount of hours. So it's about mm -hmm. 9,000 hours to, to yeah. qualify for your, and they write the red seal here in British Columbia. There's no oh, okay, yeah. Q. Yeah. And, um, and so what traditionally happens is somebody would go out into the field and they would spend a year in the field and they would come back for technical training. And here in BC, uh, every mm -hmm. level is 10 weeks. So they would okay. come to school for 10 weeks uh, and then they would go back to the field and then come back to school, go back to the field. So they would, they would toggle back and forth like that for four years. And then at the end of their fourth year, they would write their red seal exam. And if they didn't have enough hours to qualify, they would still write their exam and, and it would be recorded and logged. Uh, but they, then they would have to wait until their hours, we call it timing out. So they'd have to, they'd have to time out and then they would get their credential. Um, if okay. somebody like yourself was ahead of the curve in time, uh, then uh, some apprentices would have the option of doing back to back. So, uh, in, so let's take your case, for instance, if, if you were here in BC and you had two years already in the books for time, when you come to school for first year, if you wanted, and if there was available space, obviously in the school, you could do first and second year back to back, which is oh, 20 weeks, okay. which is, you know, like yeah. half a year, but you would essentially get two years of schooling done. And then you go back into the field and then you'd be a third year apprentice working on your third year of hours and you'd be looking at getting into your third technical year. So kind of the same, just a little bit different in the, in the shuffling of hours and yeah yeah like i'm gonna end basically my third year of or my i think my third block of school close to when i can write my cfq so at least it's fresh in my mind because i think they were seeing a lot of yeah and I, I was like well i kind of want to go to school like it's fun to be in school but at the same time i'm like having the work experience is definitely going to help me with that theory and also having done it before too I think 
they, when I got my grant, they're like, you're going to have to do the schooling again, as long as you're aware of that. And I, I, I was like, you know what, I haven't been in school for a while. So the refresh is good. And then also just having the confidence to go onto a job site was also why I wanted to do the pre-apprentice because I had talked to a lot of, um, a couple other electricians and they were like, it's like, don't waste your money on it. It's like, you're going to have to do it again anyways. And I was like, well, I'm getting a grant to go in and I am so green that I would like to have, like, I want to go onto a job site and understand when they ask me to get something for them. Like I want to not come in super blind to it. So I'm, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. I'm, I never regret taking my foundation training because um, it mm-hmm. actually helped. It actually helped me get my job. And yeah. uh, like I had a job two weeks before I graduated from my, from my pre-apprenticeship. And so, and I, and I were, and because I got into the trade late, I felt like I had a lot to prove even to myself that, okay, you can do this and you know, you're doing this for your family and you know um, so it, yeah, that's interesting. So when you, when you, um, when, when you, uh, when you go onto the job site and it's, it's your first day and, and you're looking at integrating with a crew, tell us, tell us your, your first couple days or, or tell us about your first week or so about how you integrated with, with your crew. Um, I think like I was super nervous cause I was like, I have no idea who's going to be there, like what it's going to be like. But one of the things that um, the, the guy that does all the dispatch for, um, IBW, he was like, this is a newer company. They're younger. They're a little bit more progressive. So he's like, I think it'll be a good fit. And I think working in a lot of different, I, like I had a lot of different jobs clearly. <laughs> um, I think I'm the kind of person I'm very good at it, like reading people and adapting and, and, talking with people. So I don't get nervous. Like I know, I mean, I, I get nervous, but like, I, I felt like I was going to be able to integrate a bit easier, but then at the same time, like being like when I walked on the job site, it was like, I want these guys to take me seriously. And I'm, I'm the kind of person that's very like, good morning. Like, how are you doing? And like, I wanted, I didn't want to just walk in and have everyone be like, Oh, who is this girl? Like, she's like not taking it seriously, but Um, I definitely noticed people would kind of second, like take a second look. Like it was like, Oh, there was a girl on site. It's weird. I'm like, um, so I kind of just toned myself down a little bit to get a read for what I was walking into. And then I slowly kind of, once I felt more comfortable, I could be a little bit more myself. And I'm like, the guys would call me the Walmart greeter because I'd be always like, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? And, and, uh, well, there's worse I things like the, to be called. That's for sure. I, I, like I have so many names on my hard hat and they're, it's just so funny, but, um, I'm like the site mom too. Like I love to bake and bring things. And I just like, it's like, it's almost like I tie everyone together. It's like, I think having different personalities and it's like, we had a really good crew and I, I really enjoy working with everyone. It's like, we're coming to the end of the job and it's like, I'm getting all like soft and like, Oh, I'm going to miss you guys so much. And it's like, <laughs> they're like Darcy, like you're, we're going to see you at some point. Like we're, <laughs> we're going to be on another job again. And I think they'll laugh when they see, they'll be like, Oh, they'll be excited to see me. But um, <laughs> it, it definitely is nerve-wracking to and I think too being a first year like I was like what like the tools that they have and I I've seen so much growth in myself that like I think of Darcy 2020 January was like I could barely carry a ladder I couldn't even carry a bundle of half-inch conduit it's like and now I'm like inch and a half and like conduit like it's and it's all like the like just someone showing you how to do it. It's not that it's, it's heavy, but it's like, it's an awkward thing. And like, I think one of the things I said when I like being a first year apprentice is like, you just are awkward all the time. So you have to be okay with that. 
and I kind of would laugh at myself. Like I remember I was outside the school and there was these siding guys that were there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to carry this. I think it was a 10 foot or 12 foot ladder. And I, I was like, okay guys, like this is going to be a really funny show. Like you're going to see me try and move this ladder and it's going to be funny. And then they laugh and like, I felt a bit more comfortable and it was, it was like my foreman showed me, he's like, well, carry the ladder this way. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you just changed my life. Like now I like pick up a ladder so easily. And I think of back in the like, beginning stages of like being so nervous to grab an eight foot ladder. But I wonder if it's that, if it's that ability that you have to just kind of make light of these situations to try and maybe even calm your own nerves that it, that it calms others down and they go, Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. She's, they wouldn't say it like this, but they would, they they would say, Oh, she's being authentic. Right. So they, they know that you're not faking it. And, yeah. and that you're not trying to be somebody that you know you're not. And because, I mean, everybody can see through that stuff pretty quick, right? Yeah. But it's, um, I, I wonder if that's played a real big uh, role in how people have integrated with you and, 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 and evaluate what you do on the job site. Do you think there's any truth to that? I, I think so. I think, um, like, one of the things that I've had people that I've worked with say to me is like you have a charm to you and I think that's that's part of it like I can make people laugh and and make light of myself and I think it's you definitely have to have a thick skin but also um just be yourself and I had someone tell me like we had a another girl come in and say like you can't like wear fake eyelashes to the job site or paint your nails or, or do that. And I think for some people, maybe that's good advice. But for me, I was like, I don't want to change who I am. I want to be, I want to be me on the job site. And I don't like, I also can read situations, right? Like with the intake for the, um, the union, they were like, don't come to your interview and heal. Like think of what it's going to be like on the job site. And I think one of the things they said to me, like, like they said, you listen, like I didn't show up. I think one of the other girls came in heels. And I think that was, that was her, the end to it. Like they were like, you don't, you don't know what it's going to be like on the job site. So. Wow. So, so you have, you have an eight year old boy. Um, Mm -hmm. you, You started the trade. He's six, right? Yep. Um, yep. What What does your son think of mom being in the trade? Uh, he, he thinks it's pretty cool. He's like, you can come work at my school and do the electricity there. And <laughs> he, uh, I think that was one of the things with electric too. Like I feel like a badass, like it's a cool trade. And um, I just, he, he's been such an inspiration for me too. And it's, it's like, I want, I want him to look at me and be proud and, and see that I can do things for myself as well. And he just, he, he thinks it's pretty cool. So what have you changed your mind on with regards to the trades? Like when, like not so much with the pre-app, cause it seemed like, you know, you, you took two years to, to from pre-app to get onto the job site, which is fine. But what have you changed your mind on? in regards to the trades since you started going to a job site? I think maybe like my ability to do things, maybe like my confidence. Um, I mean, during my pre-apprentice, I, I definitely had a point where I was like, I can't do this. And I'm lucky enough to have like a best friend in my life. who's like, Darcy, like stop crying, put your big girl pants on you can do this. And I think I had had a certain point in my life where I was very negative about things. I think I've tried to be more positive now and see like where negativity can bring you. So I think having that moment in the pre-apprentice and coming to work and, um, having a day where like, I can't, I feel like I can't do something. I'm able to be like, no, you know what? Like 
not everybody is going to be good at everything on the, on the site. I think, I guess, like, does that, is that kind of answer the question? Does oh, that sure. yeah. make yeah. sense? Um, yeah. Like I, I feel like I've had days at work where I'm like, Oh, like I find it. I, my height is definitely um, like I'm five, two. So I'm a lot shorter and I feel like everything, like anytime I'm on a ladder, I'm like, just like half a step too short and it's like <laughs> drilling with the big, huge Bosch SDS, like trying to do like a two inch core. I'm like, I can't, like I can barely hold this drill and I'm holding it at such an awkward angle. And it was like a, a defeating moment. I'm like, I have to be able to do this. I need to be able to do everything. I can't be like someone who like, they can't count on me for everything. But then I had a moment where I'm like, you know what? Like, at any other company, I'm not good at every role. Like I have specialties and I think that, I think that was a changing point too. It's like, I'm, I'm not going to be good at everything and I need to be okay with that, but I have to also find my strengths and I will be part of a team, right? Like you have, there's so many people that have their, their niche and, I will find that, but <laughs> I think I will, I will struggle in between, but um, I think having that realization kind of switched my negative to positive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and being in project management, that would come to you sooner rather than later. Right. Because yeah, you, you yeah. know that, you know that there are people who are good at some things and there are people who mm -hmm. are good at other things. Right. And that's what, that's what building a team is. Yeah, that's, that's why it's so exciting to build a really good team because you know that not not every member on your team is you know a Navy SEAL in the sense that they can do anything and everything and do it really really mm -hmm. well. So yeah, very and it's cool. like the like in a marketing company, the brainstorms were my favorite. Like I love to just bounce ideas off of everybody, and and I and I was talking to my foreman this week about it, and I was telling him about this moment that I had where I was like, I'm not going to be good at everything. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Like if I have a really tall guy on my team, like I'm going to get him to do something because like he can reach it easier than you. Like, so I think teamwork is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And you, and you learn to deal with your strengths and, and you, you learn to shore up those well, the weaknesses or, you know, mm -hmm. if we want to be more gentle, the areas of opportunity, but, yes, um, yes. you know, even as a foreman myself, I mean, there's certain things that I just couldn't do physically because I don't fit. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, there are smaller people on my crew. So guess what? They get, they get to do those kinds of things and they weren't always yeah. good. They weren't always bad. And same thing with me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what's, what's some of the best and worst advice you've ever been given? I think for the worst advice, I think it was more like, it wasn't the worst advice for anyone, but I think specifically for me was just like kind of downplaying who I was like, don't go on the job site with like your fake eyelashes. I'm like, well, like sometimes like I want to look like I like that kind of stuff. And it's like, if I want to paint my nails, I think it's okay. Just, I think for me to hear that, it was kind of like, Oh, I don't really want to do that. So I think that would be the worst. Um, the best advice I think was my friend that when I was in my pre-apprentice just to like stop being so negative and be you and like put your big girl pants on and you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was like, I think, I was able to go back to my, the school that I did the pre-apprentice at because they had a group of um, just like strictly females that were doing a, a program. And I told them, I'm like, I got in with the union. And if you want anyone to come in and talk with the girls, um, I'd be happy to. And I think one of the things I said to them was like, even if you're not academically the best I think if you have that drive and that want to do something people are going to look at that over your like test scores because I had to do a um an aptitude test and they when they 
brought me in for the interview, they were like, you're not, you're like, your test scores weren't the greatest. Like, would you be willing to do extra work? And I'm like, for sure. Like, and that, that's the good thing with the union. They have tutors, they have all the resources that you could want. And I think they saw that I, I wanted it and I was going to fight for it. And I had the drive to do it. And I think that was one thing that I wanted to share with them is like, cause I would have given up, right? Like thinking I don't have the scores to do this, but I had the want. Yeah. And that's a really important piece of information that you just gave us there that because I've, I've worked with a lot of tradespeople, and I know that you probably have and, and can, will continue to, um, who aren't necessarily really good at the books. Right. And, but they're good with people and they're good with their hands and, and they're good in that spatial thinking that a lot of trades have to utilize when they're out in the job site, especially in new construction. Right. And there's a lot of soft skills that come into play too, because you're going to have to learn how to deal with other trades. You're going to have to learn to deal with other people on your crew. Um, And as you move up into higher levels of responsibility, you know, you're going to have to learn to deal with engineers and clients and even your communication. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. you can't learn that. You can't communicate. Yeah. Yeah, You you can't learn that from a book. No. And I I know one of the best pieces of advice that I was given was, um, because I was pretty driven, like I said, to, to prove to myself that I can do this and be the, be the top guy in my class and be the top guy on the job site. And I remember one of my, one of my journeyman mentors came up to me one day and he's like, you know, and they would always call me Carson. And so they would go, Carson, um, we know that you want to do this, this, and this, and you're a driven guy, but listen, nobody's going to know what your IP score is. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and I'm like, ah uh, okay roger that got it yeah and so it now, then it became, yeah. yeah and then it became a, a personal thing for me it's like okay so i'll push myself that way but nobody's mm-hmm. going to care what i got on my ip yeah right? um and 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 so what really what really started to ring true is just stuff that you were saying is like can you can you work with people do you have an ethic a, a work ethic right do you think, do you think that, that, uh, that that's missing today? Like when you look around the job site, do you, do you see this, this deficiency in work ethic or do you see it getting stronger? Um, I think, I think with my job site, I haven't really seen it, but I did have this conversation with my foreman <clears throat> this week and he's like, you know, like I think being a bit older and being in as like a second career he's like you you do have a good work ethic and I think he's experienced people that haven't it's like they don't show up on work on to work on time I'm the kind of person like my dad was always early and I have that same mentality I'm like I cannot show up somewhere like if I start work at seven if I'm there at 6 45 I'm stressed out like I'm like yeah that's late right yeah 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 and it's like I think there have been people where it's like the younger generations they just they can't uh they can't get there on time like for my uh like the intake for the our my apprenticeship there was we had to do our safety training and they said like if you are not here at this time, the door will be closed and you will not be allowed in. And this guy showed up like two minutes late. The door was closed. I'm like, you, and like the instructor was like, no, you can't come in. And like, he shut him out and was basically like, he just ruined his apprenticeship. It's like all because you couldn't plan to be somewhere. Like I'm always like Google maps is the greatest thing ever. Like it will tell me how long with traffic it's going to take. So I can then plan. I need to leave at this time so I can be there. And it's always, it's like that, that planning ahead too. I I don't know. Like it's, I've a couple other jobs I've had. I, there's been people that show up late and I'm just like, how can you not plan your day to get somewhere on time for something this important? Like this is like, four years of your life and like a great opportunity that not a lot, like it's very hard to get into. I think with the union, like I think there was 20, 
20 people in our intake and like it's 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 a struggle <laughs> yeah 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 no for sure all right well darcy this has been a fantastic conversation and uh yeah. i i like to um to end our our time together with my fave five for my fab yep. five questions and um are you I'm ready? ready okay i'm ready <laughs> okay here we go cue the music all okay. right darcy so what's your favorite movie my favorite movie um I feel like that is a hard question, but I would say <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. Have you seen it? No. Say that again, oh. Into the Spider-Verse? Into the Spider-Verse. It's the, um, it's the animated movie. It's with Miles Morales. It's like he's this Spider-Man and there's like different Spider-Men in like different universes. But it's like a story of he like gets these powers and then he's like trying so hard to be the Spider-Man and he just can't get it. And then he has like his moment where he gets it. And it's just such, I don't, I like, I don't know if it reminds me of my son that I'm like, I love this kid. Like he's so cool. And the, like the music, the soundtrack is amazing. Okay. And it just gets me like so pumped up. Like I just want to do this. Nice. All right. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. check that it's out. So, and the animation of it, like, They've done such a good job mm -hmm. and it's, it's a very, it's a very good movie. Cool. I'm going to check that it. out. I'm going to check yes. that out for sure. Yes. And let me know. Oh, okay, There's like I one will. scene where he's like, he gets his powers and he gets that like aha moment and he's like oh. running down this building and you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to be amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Darcy, what's your favorite food? My favorite food, oh, I feel like if it's something that I eat every day, it would be like I eat every day for breakfast, plain yogurt with strawberries and granola. And that's like for my whole apprenticeship every morning since <laughs> <laughs> January. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big hit in our house too. All our girls yeah. love that stuff. It's yeah, yeah, like it's yogurt crazy. parfait. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Darcy, yeah. who's your favorite band? Who do you like the most? Uh, I just love music. Um, if it would be, I love Fleetwood Mac, but I oh, love like you. everything. Yeah, and yet my I think my my mom win moment was when my son took my Walkman mm -hmm. and he goes to bed listening to Fleetwood Mac. I'm like, I won. I wanted them all. What's your favorite Fleetwood Mac song? What's the one that just gets you going? Um, Gold Dust Woman. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. What's your favorite go-to tech? Um, I'd say my Apple Watch. I had a mm -hmm. Fitbit before, and then I went Apple Watch, and it changed my life. I think it's... <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so how did like, it change your life? I, I got to know, because um, I'm not an Apple Watch person. No, I don't know. Like, Okay, like, compared to Fitbit, I like mm -hmm. it. It fits better on my wrist. Like, it okay. feels way more comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I, I really like to my day and what like I've like it counts my steps and I think having a crew of like 16 guys I was running like I was the gopher for a lot of it and I'd be like I had 20,000 steps today and oh. it just like I'm like okay I, I can sit on the couch for an hour like yeah, I've, no I've earned that yeah but no just kidding having like yeah 20,000 steps in work boots oh. I know I know and like and then I would try and run after work and be like why does this feel so draining but i i like how like i got it i think because i was doing i was training for a run and i just like to have it the security of it too like being like if something happened to me and i'm out on the road like i could actually call from the watch or text anyone so are you are so you're a runner i i go back and forth like right now i think i uh, burnt myself out a little bit because I was going to the gym before work in the morning which was like I was waking up at 4 but I I think that's all like being like having the gym and doing that for my mental health like I, I'm on the like where I haven't been doing it for a while and I feel it a lot and like I need to get back into a good routine but 
think running is that time where I can have the time to myself and I love music and I like having that time to listen to music. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, and being a single mom, you, you just need time for yourself too, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm very important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, who's your favorite teacher, Darcy? <sighs> like best ooh. teacher ever. Best teacher ever. I don't, I don't remember like having a teacher in high school or anything that really stood out, which seems kind of sad, but I think probably I've worked with a lot of really strong female managers who have been mentors. And I would have to say my, uh, like, can I say names? Is that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, is that allowed? Um, uh, I would say Roma, who she was my manager when I was the studio manager. And I think she taught me a lot about organization and working with people too. And I think um, maybe that would be my best advice. She was like, when you're working with people, you have to, the way to deal with them is you build them up, then you break them down, and then you build them back up again. And I, I, I always remember that. So it's like... I guess teaching yeah but she was definitely someone I I always think about and I'm grateful that I had her as someone to look up to that was very cool Mm -hmm. all right Darcy I got one more question because I I wanted to ask you this question so you're you're in a room there's parents there's there's young people and you've been given the opportunity to talk to them about trades, why you got into it, rewards, all that other stuff. What would you say to them? I think I would say, I, I think it, it, it's so hard in school to know what you wanna do. And I think just like a co-op program, I think is so important. And I think when I was in school, co-op was just kind of like this fluff course that you do. But I think it's it's important to experience a role before you make your decision. And I think taking those classes in school also like, we didn't really have a lot of, um, like we had auto and I think we had shop in grade seven or eight, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity to experience those trades I think just being able to research and ask questions on like reach out to your network too of like jobs that people had Um, and I think I've being in the trade have felt so much more confident in myself I've seen that recently like being able to accomplish this like I I was the kind of person that did everything and tried it and never stuck with anything and this is the first thing that I've really stuck with and love like I'll, I'll be outside on a like winter day but it's sunny and it's warm and I'm building something with my hands and I'm working with other people who are creating something and I just have felt so much more confidence and in myself and I don't think I've had that at any other job And I think like not putting it aside, like, oh, like I can't get into a trade. Like if it's, if it's something that you're interested in, try it and, and talk with other people who are in it. Cause I think now with social media and there's so much more opportunity to see those jobs. And whereas like, I think I just saw the traditional, like what, like go into computers or like that was what was being pushed more when I was in school, it was like the computer age. And um, I think just being able to have that time to research what you want to do and find what you love. Good advice. Very good advice. Darcy, thanks so much for being on the show today. And Yeah, uh, thank you for you're, having me. You're welcome. And love the, uh, the advice, love the enthusiasm, and uh, you're on a good trajectory. I think so. I feel like it. <laughs> It feels right. (laughs) Good, good.
Hey everybody, thanks again for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I know there's a gazillion podcasts out there all vying for your attention and listening time, and we just uh, really appreciate you taking time out of your life to listen to our podcast. So thanks very much. Really stoked that you're doing that. If you haven't subscribed yet, would you mind subscribing to the podcast? Would you consider subscribing to the podcast? We'd love to have you come on and be a part of the uh, subscription team. And uh, if you've already subscribed, would you mind leaving us a review? That would be awesome. We're going to start reading out some of the reviews that people have left us with iTunes just to say thank you. We don't take a moment of this for granted. And uh, we really appreciate uh, all our guests and uh, all of you listeners out there making this podcast what it is. So thanks again. Take care and we'll see you next week.